0: this is Coca Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX.
1: This is Travis from the Audio Sequence. I'm Vince. Uh, I'm Boyd. This is Josh from Adverse Effects.
0: This is Zanny, Rebecca and Katie. And we are The Cabin, cabin project. project.
1: Hey, this is Logan Lynn. and Gino Mari. You're listening to Sounds of PDX.
0: Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP.
1: Happy Tuesday evening. You're listening to Portland Radio Project, KSFL, LP Portland on 99.1 FM and PRP.FM. Thanks again for everyone that uh, hung out with me last Thursday on the afternoon show. Uh, Interaction on the talk board helps me get through the end of the week, just like I hope that show does. But this one in particular and tonight in particular is why I do this show. Uh, Special guest and welcome to the program, Maxwell Cabana. Guys, thanks so much for being on the program.
2: Thanks Thanks for for having us.
3: you.
1: you. (laughs) You guys are, like I said, you're the reason that i do this show and i love doing releases for folks i've worked with before like i have great opportunities but what i dig about portland in general is what happened with you guys i went to a show uh, that dan cable curated at kelly's and uh i had heard about there's no mountain i was there to see small million i hadn't seen them yet they were on my Portland Bucket List, and you guys were there and just knocked my socks off. You opened the set, so we'll talk more about that experience, but uh, really glad you're here. We've been uh, a couple months in the works to get, to get you guys in yeah. here. You've been yeah, working on yeah. some recordings, yeah? mm mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah. Working on new songs, and also just thank you for that review of our show. Oh, That's yeah. Really sweet. <laughs> oh,
1: there, there'll, there'll be more gushing uh, later on, for <laughs> sure. Um, one of the first things that I said during that performance, <clears throat> I turned over to Dan Cable. And it was about, I think, halfway through the first song. I was like, I can't get over this Hendrix vibe. In the rhythm section, it's like just this, that perfect thing that Hendrix captured, you know, with the experience of Groovy, but in the pocket and unexpected. And then Murray's got these killer vocals and guitar Mm -hmm. licks and just like, it's such a amazing hodgepodge of of uh, great genres right now and and your influences totally reflect that. Uh there's some artists I hadn't heard of so uh thanks for bringing them in. Yep. Uh, I told Murray before we went on the air that uh, there was a couple uh that I put on the playlist, the local artist I want uh dream for me. I want to to see you guys on the same bill with them. So <laughs> hopefully awesome. yeah, yeah we'll get them tagged and, and listening. Um, <laughs> But before we move on to the PDX Spotlight playlist, uh, let's talk about Jimi Hendrix because he's kind of the first person I acquainted uh, with you guys. You submitted the influence, and you could have gone any way with Hendrix. But uh, (laughs) Castle Made of Sand, why do you think this is uh, his selection as an influence for you guys?
2: All right. Uh, Sean, you want... Uh, I mean, well, I mean, I thought. Sean's got to talk
0: about. It. All right, yeah, I guess I was, I was really stoked <laughs> when, when 10 you said, like, I think Murray told me that about when you had said that about our show, and like, I, I'm the bass player, and originally, I mean, like, I started playing guitar and uh, Hendrix and like Chili Pepper, like for Shanti and just like people nice. ripping Hendrix off, basically, just like that style has yeah. always been my favorite, and like that's kind of what I came up learning and everything. So then when I am in this band, I'm playing bass, but I definitely am like, that's my influence. And like I,
2: That song in particular, the production value, with the reverse solos on there is my Right, yeah, I, yeah, Reverse solos are in. probably my favorite thing of all time. And in <laughs> any music, if you drop <laughs> a reverse solo down, I'm down. No matter what the rhythm is, no matter what's going on, I'm going to be interested. And that's so.
4: Sean's specialty. Yeah, like and he, this guy can On our it. record, that's like, we, we dropped in a couple Sean Hendrix reverse uh, I'm solos, some, some lead guitar. we, we did some
0: rever- I think the first track we recorded actually was like, we need yeah. a, a reverse solo in here, so <laughs> one so perfect.
1: Down That's when yeah. we bring Sean in to rip. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're listening to uh, Sounds of PDX. It is Tuesday night. I've got Maxwell Cabana, Murray, Sean, and Jameson in studio with me. Let's get to it. PDX Spotlight, uh, they help me out every week, curate the show and bring the influences and original music. It's Jimi Hendrix here on Sounds of PDX. Stick around until hey. 9 p.m. solo is one of the first things as a guitarist I listened to and I went, what is that? And I'm a little older than y'all gentlemen, I'm assuming. There was no YouTube at the time, and my, like, Guitar World magazines had no reference. It wasn't until years later. I was like, oh, he's doing octave slides. Really, really cool. <laughs> what can't you say about Jimi Hendrix? He's an influence of my special guest, Maxwell Cabana. They're hanging out with me tonight, sharing stories. Uh, we've got some recordings in the second hour and a couple live performances. A lot of cool stuff going on. Um, so this is open to any of you. What is your first tangible uh, music memory that you knew it just resonated with you as a listener not even as a player
2: mm. that's a really good question music's been in, as far as my memory goes back I remember music my parents just always had we had a record player and big speakers and I can just as a little baby, I don't even remember what was on, just probably James Brown or the Beatles. They're like, Lots of Beatles for Yeah, sure. just running up to the speaker and just like hitting on the speaker, wanting to know what's going on in there, just like <laughs> as a little baby. It's first memory I have. I don't even remember what it
0: was, but I have just a being interested. Pretty in early the sound. memory about when we were like, we're brothers. Yeah, we I was going to ask about yeah, that. Yeah, so, so, we grew up together and, uh, Beatles are definitely, my parents were super big into the Beatles. And like, there's a, I remember there's some pictures and stuff of us, but we're like dressed up kind of Beatlesque and we have tennis rackets. Oh, yeah. And I'm like <laughs> playing a tennis racket, like a guitar. And Jamie's like holding his and like hitting on it like at some sort of drum. You're like yeah, I didn't know and how to like, hold the guitar. I, I think guess. we're playing like like me, Mr. Mustard, like standing on our mantle. And <laughs> 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 yeah, that's that's sick. You're like that's yeah, right. probably three, four years old. Yeah, fat, super like super young. Little. Music's been with us. Before.
1: Can I ask who's older? I am. Okay, Sean. nice. Yeah. <laughs> Good deal. Older. Who who uh, picked up their instrument first? Who started playing music first?
0: Same time we've been playing. Yeah, but Jamie played more your drums.
2: Played. Yeah, I guess we had like a pair of bongos around the house, so it's easy to pick up. Yeah, that's fair. As a little kid. Banging on start stuff to forever. bang on <laughs> stuff,
0: yeah. Sean, you probably started playing guitar in like... I was like fifth. 11 or 12 when I got more serious about it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I got my first
2: drum set in third grade. Wow. And I've had it. I still have the same one. <laughs> oh, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> That's really rare. Yeah, wow.
1: it dude, wow. it yeah. it's the same pearl. It's still the whole. same stage. Oh, dude, I love it. My original drummer had a had a zebra stripe pearl, and it was just it was one of the '80s versions, <laughs> yeah. and it's a very special place in my heart. Murray, uh, really cool. how about you? What are some of your earliest music memories?
4: Um, I guess my first like, I played music with my dad uh, and my brother. Right, well I have I have a bunch of older siblings, but my the young, I'm the youngest, so like the, I guess the my next oldest brother and my dad and I had like a band together. <laughs> nice. Um, what type of music did you guys play? We played uh my father's he came to the United States from Scotland. Um just and then yeah, in like 86, 85 or something. Um So we played like traditional Scottish folk music. (laughs) Right on. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) that was like, so we played all that together. And then I guess I remember like um, mostly just like driving around the island I grew up on with my dad. And he would play, there was a good amount of like traditional Scottish music, but then also he was like super into bluegrass and like a lot of American music. The main one I remember though that was always playing in the car was Tom Waits. Oh nice. And I remember like as a kid I was just like what is like <laughs> I couldn't like it was just over my head at like that young of an age I was just like I don't understand this like why is he listening to this <laughs> some dad music yeah. is miserable dad. Yeah and then later on That's I was great, like though. oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more stories about uh <laughs>
1: about your reaction to Tom Waits and how you got to be the <laughs> vocalist that you are having that as an early influence that's, <laughs> that's really yeah. interesting uh, but that's the playlist that you were just talking about uh, your dad's from Scotland mm-hmm. obviously you have world music in your life um, Tim Maia is did I pronounce it correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, he's next on the playlist uh, nice. and real quick uh, shout out to PDX Spotlight again uh, right now you can see Arrows in Orbit their episode is live coming up we have Skull Diver Rare Monk and Shannon Entropy all really good stuff uh, so this Tim track uh it's an instrumental one correct uh
4: there's some there's some vocals on it too there's like I'm a 13. sort of repeating hook that he okay. does yeah, but portuguese. it's mainly like yeah he sings uh, mostly in portuguese but these guys actually put me onto him and oh, right he's on. just like yeah. his vibe. vocals just hit me like yeah i don't know we can we could listen to him like all day that's definitely a band like him and his band are definitely a sound we really actually like strive to sort of in that same zone just like all that like 70s psychedelic music from south america is awesome yeah and it's been strong this whole time mm-hmm. i
1: found out about that well oh, four or five years ago just uh the soul and r&b scene has never really died it's in sad. south america it's just just fantastic strong. it's this gonna game. be an extensive tour when you guys decide to shoot down there <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> the plan uh so this song uh from tim maia why did you pr- uh, pick this one here for us
2: Probably the guitar outro. Yeah, there's the an insane
4: there. guitar solo at the <laughs> end. That's super awesome. And then, also, the um, rhythm. yeah, and like the yeah. trumpet line that comes in. Our homie HB, shout out to him. We play with him quite a bit. And that's actually how I sort of started playing with these guys. Was they asked me to come in and play guitar, and they're sort of like punk r&b rap project yeah, and so i just sort of like <laughs> came in and was playing guitar for them and then i'd like randomly would throw in like one of my tunes if we wanted to do something with vocals on it but the trumpet line hits you pretty hard yeah on we used one.
2: to cover a
1: tim maya song oh rad in a group called sack lunch <laughs>
4: <laughs> great
1: name <laughs> um, well, good deal we're gonna move back to the playlist here it's another influence from maxwell cabana stick around they'll be with me until 9 p.m <laughs>
5: You poured it out on me With your eyes They never lie left me a trailing In the coldest summer snow Oh, a smile Oh, a smile Deep as the ocean Cold like the sea I'm lost in your stone You poured it out on me With your eyes a line
1: This is Portland Radio Project. That was Nick Hakeem brand new song i guess uh murray is that right
4: uh that song in particular is a older one of his as far as what i know from him but got it yeah he's he's super awesome i've been following him for like a few years like i was saying um and then yeah i just came out with sort of his debut album i guess but he's awesome his production's great his songwriting's awesome yeah another solid influence from
1: maxwell cabana i could see where you guys obviously influenced by artists like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, another perk to do in this show is I get to find out about these cool artists. So uh, now that I have subscription-based music, it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg yeah. to dig into his catalog. Yeah. So cool. thanks for bringing that in. Um, real quickly, uh, first instruments for everybody. You said drums earlier, Jameson, right?
2: Yeah, for forever. Yeah. <laughs> I've always it's played drums, yeah, just the, the percussion. original
1: Between that and the voice, the original instruments, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Sean, how about you? Were you a uh, guitar guy? I started
0: on guitar, yeah, and then we basically, like, as I was learning guitar, practiced with friends and we'd kind of, like, trade off, like, hey, I'll play bass for a little and you can play some leads, and then, like, we had a bass and a guitar, so we would just, like, trade back and forth, this kid I grew up with. That's cool. Kind of learned them both when I was in high school.
1: Smart. <laughs> yeah. And especially, I mean, if you don't mind switching to bass, if you'd started on guitar, you're going to have a ton more gigs, as I'm sure you know.
0: Yeah, well, oh, it's easy. Exactly. That's kind of how I <laughs> fell into this thing. And also, yeah. the music I like is, like, I've always loved, like, funk stuff, and bands I like have had very strong bass stuff, so was like, I'm definitely down. Like, <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> Murray, how about you? First instrument, guitar, uh, vocal?
4: I started on a piano, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I don't really play much anymore. I didn't really, jo- like... I mean, I was fine. I liked it. But it was mostly just ear training at that point. And, like, it, yeah, I just, like, stopped practicing as a lot of kids do. And so I started playing other stuff. But, like, the whole time I was doing piano, my, like, piano teacher when I was a kid, you know, probably, like, 8, 9, 10 or something, she was always, like, she was a voice teacher as well. And so she was always, like, you should sing, like, because she would hear me, like, doing stuff. And she was always, like, you should start singing, and I was always just like, nah, that's no way. That's <laughs> not for me. No. <laughs> I sound nothing like Tom Waits. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> but then here we are. Oh only so, sound yeah. like Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> interesting,
2: <laughs> to say the least.
1: Yeah. Who were some of the vocalists that you can look back to now that you're like, okay, I can definitely hear that in my voice as an influence?
4: Donny Hathaway and Van Morrison. Yeah. 100%. Like, those are the two. And Jeff Buckley, those three, rounded out. Like that's <laughs> I've heard people I could, describe you as Jeff Buckley. Yeah. Like, I could listen yeah. to just those like all three of their voices just like command every like piece of me. Yeah, just in my top three yeah. of all yeah. time, oh, for yeah. sure. No yeah. question. Yeah, that's good to know. Uh so you hinted
1: at it earlier. We were talking about it during the break. Uh tell us how everyone got to Portland because the brothers here are from Chicago, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, my fa-
1: my wife's family's from that area.
0: Nice. Yeah, no, same day. We're from Naperville, just outside. Suburbs
1: oh, of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Every, every, most. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of suburbs it's out It's the out Chicago area. It's yeah. a large,
0: large area. But uh, yes, yeah, so I, I came out here like five or six years ago, I had some friends who went to Lewis and Clark, and I was just like looking to get out of Illinois, and they had a, like crap i ended up i was living in like a garage in their house for like, just wanting to get out you
1: know and, and then, whatever it took yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then
0: met tons of like I, t- I met murray that summer like we i was at like a fourth of july party and like just like fucking ended up, up to, ended up meeting him and then it's like we've been jamming together and then i ended up moving back home and uh wanted to come back out and really like get down to music and had you guys do, you been know, in the power trio before no,
1: I'm so, always curious no. to see. How, so that formed in Chicago, the Power Trio, right?
2: Uh, uh well, no, I, we met Murray here. Oh, okay, okay. Right so yeah. Sean just came home and was like, "We need a drummer in Portland. There's no drummers <laughs> out there. You got to come back with me." So then I was like. Yeah, I'm not really doing anything. I wasn't stoked in school. I was going to college, and I was just like, "All right, you know what? I I'm young still. I gotta go pursue music for a bit, see how it works out." And it's been working out well enough to keep me really happy. So I'm happy. Drag me out here, and you didn't really drag me, but you know, (laughs) I'm his younger brother.
1: (laughs) When did you officially consider yourselves here as a band?
4: Um, Like honestly, like probably about a year ago, right about now, because we had been playing together. Uh, Just jamming as friends, basically. Yeah, and I had been doing gigs with them for this, like, sack lunch, sort of, like, bigger funk group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had been, like... This project had been in my head for quite a few years. Like, since I was sort of, like, late high school, I started sort of, like, you know, kicking it around in my head. And I would tried out different projects, met a lot of different players, and then it was sort of through meeting these guys and p- playing with them. And it was nice for me having, like, sort of tried out other people to be able to, like, play with these guys and see how good they were and, like, develop a little bit of chemistry with them for, like, a year prior to that. And then I approached them with some songs that I had already and just, like, the project as an idea and asked if they wanted to do it. That's so rad. Mm-hmm. I love I
1: love hearing how those come together. Especially the family. I mean, it makes more sense, the just the continuity I saw on stage when you guys perform. When I heard your brothers, I was like, all right, that totally makes sense. Like, it's such an advantage to... I mean you guys have been playing music for your whole yeah. life. Yeah. You've yeah, been around the doing same like stuff,
2: three-piece funky sort of something Forever. for yeah. since as long as like junior high, as long as I played drums. Oh, well enough so to play with people. We've done that sort of style.
1: I'm going to talk to you guys um, in the next segment about uh, the dynamic of a of a three-piece, because there's pros and cons like everything, and mm-hmm. I'm always interested to see uh, your take on that. Uh, totally. But before we do, let's listen to some Stevie Wonder. He's another influence oh, yeah. by the band here. Blame
4: It on the Sun. Why did we pick this song? It's my. It's like, it's like the best track off Talking Book. Yeah. By far. Agreed. <laughs> Every song on that album is amazing, but like Blame It on the Sun is the best written song on that. Yeah, <laughs> It's good, I could argue. Oh, there's, that
0: whole album's good, you can't it just is. pick a best. <laughs> I thought it was a good choice because it's, it's got the ballad
4: sound. Yeah, uh, it's true. my favorite. Yeah. Playlist. Yeah. And you know, I dig like, this, this this whole era. It starts slow and drops into that amazing chorus groove. Yeah, this is a really good pick.
1: Uh, After that, keep your ears peeled. I'm going to play a song from Just People, their local band. I'd love for you guys to play a show with. Uh, I dig what they're doing. So we're going to be back more with Maxwell Cabana here on Portland Radio Project.
6: I blame it on the sun, the sun that didn't shine, I blame it on the wind and the trees, I blame it on the tide, it never was enough.
7: Support comes
8: from Living Room Realty, where their mission is to enhance every person's capacity for success, creativity, and joy by finding homes where individuals and families will flourish. Visit livingroomre.com or any of their neighborhood offices.
9: It's a open you forgot it's somewhere close behind, but never look back. It's a one way train, gangster walk, cool, y'all. Yeah, I feel a backseat lady, a simple shade of crazy is gonna fill me up right now. Times time you can buy old decline, We will still flush and bones at the end of your life, life. Grand and freak now. Yeah, I need the right kind of pressure. Liz enlightenment and leather's gonna stem me up right now. Yeah, Uptown got that heat underground, but he can't win the race till they can't shoot to try I, 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 I.
1: of the show. That is Just People here on Portland Radio Project. I put them on the playlist as a wish list. Hopefully one day I can get them on stage with my special guest, Maxwell Cabana. Uh, nice. They would totally destroy the bill with you all. That would be a killer show. We'd love to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I think it's cool. We were talking during the break about just the plethora of different music in Portland and the different type of bands that can share a stage together. Um, but what you guys do is a really special task in the world of contemporary music being the last seventy years, I guess, as a three-piece, uh, let's talk about the pluses and minuses. Obviously, I mean, we can go down the list: Cream, Hendrix, ZZ Top, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I mean, all these, yeah. all these great, yeah. you know, three-piece bands. Uh, so the debate yeah. one time, someone said Rage Against the Machine was. I was like, well, I don't know. Like that's like the Chili Peppers then. That doesn't. Count. Yeah, exactly.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. We're on
1: the same. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, See. And that's yeah. but They're it's instrumentals. it's different when you've got someone pulling double duty. Yeah. Um, so let's first talk about some of your guys' favorite three piece bands, and then what you dig about being in the project.
4: Uh, I think I mean my favorite three piece band is Cream. I'd say. Um, my dad gave me like his dusty old stacks and Disraeli Gears was in there. So that was a big one for me. I just thought, and like I was, there was like a good year and a half of my life where I just like binged on everything I could find from Cream and like everything, all the interviews, like anything I could find of them talking Uh, and just the way they're able to do stuff together. I just like, for me I thought it would be exciting to play with just to other people because it's just one less person to coordinate with and it means we can all and I can you know you know, there's parts that feel like I'm sort of just stepping in as part of the rhythm section and we're all just trying to lock in um, which I think is really awesome also uh, Portland Band Unknown Mortal Orchestra oh, yeah. they're a four piece now but when I first started listening to them they were a three piece and doing some really really rad stuff and so yeah I just think it's cool to be able to work in a small group like that it allows for a lot of spontaneity and improvisation which we really like doing on stage and i will recommend everybody listening if you haven't
1: seen cream's goodbye um, performance at royal albert hall go watch it on youtube isn't it like one of the yeah. best yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh that set is ridiculous uh sean how about you uh
0: so yeah i guess i was gonna i all the ones you listed off honestly though i mean that's like well, definitely, we've talked about uh, yeah, very, yeah. and some of those are like all huge influences on me and yeah. as far as like us playing together i know when we first started kind of like our old project and just like when we were kind of jamming together a lot of times there'd be a lot of people hanging out and wanting to just kind of like sit in and jam and whatever and it would always get busy and like just too many people playing over each other and stuff and it's just like I want you know but I remember Murray saying it was just like we want hard, like rhythm held down and then like don't play over each other like one person can like cut loose once in a while but you really have the foundation like I think the three piece is really good for that it's like tight and no one's playing over each other
1: <laughs> yeah, you guys have great songs and I think it allows that room and breath on stage so people can pay attention yeah. Where they're supposed to pay attention. the other thing you guys nail. It, it, there is no good power trio unless dynamics are in place. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Definitely. And Yeah. You don't have to be a heavy metal band to be called a power trio. <laughs> uh, what Were you gonna say, Jameson?
2: Oh, nothing really. <laughs> so, so you're the
1: drummer. You're chilling back there. Yeah, I'm just right? chilling
2: back there. I mean, I gotta agree with Cream. Ginger Baker is my all-time favorite drummer. Mm-hmm. So, and he took it. He went to Africa and brought back all these African rhythms that really Fela. have inspired me. Yeah, Fela, You went and met Fela, best. played <laughs> Fela. Oh, so that's just, that's amazing. And yeah, but just being a drummer in a three piece you gotta hold it down, but then also since there's not so much going on rhythmically besides you, you also need to be able to cut loose and make it interesting rhythmically sure. by yourself almost. So it may, yeah. it's almost putting a little pressure on you, but it's a good type of pressure that's making you just like
1: expand your boundaries a little bit. There's nothing to hide behind.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. yeah, I think
0: that's for
2: everybody. Yeah.
1: It's a nice. Which album.
2: I love. It makes it makes it raw.
1: <laughs> I want to talk to you about that. You guys shared a story about uh, Marie's dad um, <laughs> from one of the live performances. I want to save that one and come back to that because it will tie into the, I want to talk to you about just the mindfulness of a live performance. Um, but I'm really interested. This is another artist I hadn't heard from uh, that we have on the PDX Spotlight playlist, Home Shake. Oh, talk to me about home shakes,
2: Jamie. This girl turned me on to home shake who I thought was really cute. So I was just like, this band's all right, I'll give
1: them a chance. (laughs) They're worth my time. Yeah, They're worth my time. Like I'll listen to
2: them a little bit. And then they blew me away with their production and just subtleties. Just really, it's really simple. And yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how, I think they're, I saw them live in Portland, bought them all tequila shots, it was one of my proudest moments. Wonder, ball, Wonder
0: Ballroom, yeah, it was a yeah. great show. Great show,
2: we, we had a blast. great live show too, which it was different than the recorded stuff too, which is important, but yeah, I think they're just, he probably writes all the music or something, they're just like a three or four piece.
1: Yeah, this is brilliant is, stuff. I love it. And this is the song they selected. Uh, This is an influence from Maxwell Cabana. This is Home Shake with Making It Full of You, the next song here on the PDX Spotlight playlist. I'm your host, Luke Neal. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. They are out. SFL, LP Portland, Portland Radio Project. That is Mild High Club. Brilliant band name. Hadn't heard of them. I'm definitely digging in. Uh, they, they were an influence. My special guest tonight. We've got Maxwell Cabana in studio with us. And in the last segment, we were talking a little bit about the live scene. And I think it's appropriate because that's how I fell in love with your music. Uh, tell us a story. Um, brothers, if you would, yeah. from your perspective of playing music for Murray's dad for the first time in this project. And then I want to hear yours. <laughs> uh,
2: well, we were just really, we have never had the opportunity to play for our parents, because they're in Chicago still. And so when Murray told us his parents were coming, we really just wanted to impress them. So we played a pretty dynamite show. We, we didn't yeah. mess up at all or anything. It was just nice. like, boop Blew the doors down at the place.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a decent crowd that night? Pretty yeah, good room?
2: just a lot yeah. of our friends. I mean, we, It was at the Eastburn, and everyone always turns out of the Eastburn Eastburn's for us. Yeah, I too. was going to yeah.
1: ask you guys about your relationship with them. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah. So, so it you're that. Eastburn, and it's, jamming. Yeah, we're jamming. It's a good,
2: great jam. And then afterwards, I look up, see Murray's dad, front row. he just runs up on stage and just gives Sean the biggest hug. (laughs) Because, yeah, I think Sean just blew him away with the bass playing.
0: It was awesome. It was a great first meeting. Uh,
4: I mean, yeah, Yeah, I just heard
0: from Murray just all the, like, influences and stuff that his dad had given him. And just, I like the idea of just... The old Scotsman and I just think he looks he looks like Murray just as an old I don't know, it's just too good. And then yeah, he just was like it was great. Yeah, shout out to my dad. I was feeling yeah, awkward yeah. and he just came up and bear hugged me and I was all good.
1: <laughs> so what was that like Murray? I know it's I've had that experience. It's nerve wracking to share that level of art with your parents.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, I was yeah, I was pretty excited. I like I said, i you know, I've played in like other projects before that I was like less inclined to share. With them, but no, I was super happy. They've always been asking me like when they're gonna get to see me because I've been doing music forever. But I was telling you during one of the breaks that like music has always been a pretty like private thing for me up until pretty recently. So it was always just like writing songs in my bedroom. Like I wasn't, you know, the type of kid that was running around singing in the house or anything like that. So they were super excited to see it. My dad's just like, I have him to thank for everything. I've learned about music and just putting it in my ears from a young age and putting the bug in me and teaching me how to play and teaching me how to listen.
1: It seems serendipitous, though, doesn't it, that the shared influences in the time in which you all are making music – it's kind of odd, right? Wouldn't you say? I mean, not the not the music selection, but it's odd how you found each other. I yeah. mean, your influences match up oh, so well. Oh, yeah. definitely. That's why we... That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, <laughs> I think, I think it's so played. cool.
0: Yeah. It's definitely I've had, I mean, yeah, definitely. I've had a hard time, or just with people that I've played with, it's like not necessarily liking the same stuff, but still like playing together, whatever, like working together, but like... Yeah, I mean, we basically, like, have the same influences and like the same stuff now. You
1: guys, you gel, like, I I heard that phrase ages ago at a concert from a friend of mine. Oh, these guys gel so well. And I can't think of a better word when you see a band (laughs) on stage that has that symbiotic connection. And you can't fake that. I mean, you could go see bands that have been touring for a long time that you know they're cashing a check you know they're on stage oh, totally, playing to their yeah. click track nothing wrong with that but uh, they've been doing it for years as opposed to somebody who's like young and hungry but there's this thing you just can't duplicate like you guys had that i mean it's in it's Thank an you. intangible <laughs> thing yeah i
2: would say that just comes from our love of jazz music really cuz i mean we grew up listening to jazz mostly my dad's a huge just jazz fan so like and the whole thing about that is you can't take back your performance. You just have to put it all out there, and then that's Man, it. Jamming, that's jamming. What we've always, so like, like I try to just to play. add that even to, if we're writing like a pop song or whatever. Just try to keep it especially live, keep it nice and jazzy. Yeah, just leave room to make it an experience for everyone. Because that way it's an experience for me while I'm playing it, and that translates to the crowd pretty well, I'd say. <laughs> I hope.
1: Yeah, and one of the it's that's a cornerstone I think. is people, if you perform well live. That's what it's about. Music is meant to be shared live. I mean, uh, to quote Honey DeFranco, it's why a record was called a record, as in people making music in a room, a record of that event, you yeah. know what I mean? Um, and that's what's cool about live performances. It's such a mindful thing to experience and hold on to. And uh, yeah, so anyway, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that. Uh, let's turn the clock back again to 60s, 70s, one of the best live bands of that era, War, uh, with all-day music. Let's talk about this track. Who brought this one in?
0: Uh, Uh, I think I picked that one. All right. And uh, I picked that one specifically because of the, uh, in in the intro, the vocal, like the harmonies they do to bring you in. I just, I think it's awesome. And I want to
1: just, Murray,
0: I thought Murray does really cool harmonies on our recorded music. So it's just like wanted to bring that out
1: (laughs) nice nice tip of the cap i can definitely see the influence uh you've been enjoying sounds of pdx here on portland radio project i've got maxwell cabana in studio with me until 9 p.m stick around second hour is coming up we've got live performances and original music from the band more than a secular fan of the Chili Peppers. You'll know that's a deep cut from Mother's Milk. A really, really great record just before the band went crazy all over uh, Top 40. Uh, An influence from Maxwell Cabana there, my guest tonight. We've been talking about, uh, most recently, live performances and gelling with bands. So um, I want to give you guys a moment to talk about some of the other Portland bands that you've seen live that you dig or some of the other bands that have come through tour that that you've been able to catch in town. You mentioned some already, but...
4: Um, one of the, they're not a Portland band, but I guess, I'm trying to think the last really good live show I saw, I saw, I think I've seen Pond twice, mm. um, they're awesome, uh, and they just have a really rad live show.
0: What's the show with the Goodfoot, uh, oh, what did I Oh, the keyboard. Speed. Keyboard man. Keyboard man? Oh, yeah. yeah that band was crazy. Said it was the best show you've uh, seen. Like.
4: <laughs> the band Yak Attack? Yak Attack. Oh, I hadn't heard of them. I had never heard My They're friend local. was just like, yo, come to this show. <laughs> They're crazy. I, yeah, I didn't get to go. They were a three-piece, too. I was at too. home, oh, and me. these guys
0: came home and were like, I was really bummed I missed that show. Like, yeah, I was, we couldn't like contain I, I haven't seen them that the excited <laughs> in, like, oh, ever, no. maybe. Like, yeah, they were sick. They were like a
4: three-piece, and it was just like a drummer, bass player, and then, like, a guy playing keys, and then he would just stand up and, like, grab a guitar and just, like, shred. Was, they were really oh, good.
1: That's so rad. There's a uh, two-beast band I had on the show a couple months ago, Mother Tapes. Um, they lean a little bit more like math rock okay, type yeah, stuff, yeah. but mm. it pulls that that double-duty stuff. It's crazy. I mean, to multitask with instruments is... That. Yeah. I want to talk to you guys about tone, though, because uh, for our gearheads out there, it kind of gives us a space to yeah. dig in. Your guitar rig is so rad. Did you have an orange amp? Is that Uh what it was? Yeah. Talk to me about that. And a Les Paul setup?
4: Yeah, it's sick. So the Les Paul I've had for a while, that was like my first like nice guitar. Um, And then the rig, I was sort of like, it took me a while to like get it because I really wanted like a vintage orange. Because I had been playing through like a deluxe reverb and using a bunch of different like pedals to try to get, because I thought like a a unique part of the sound I've been trying to go for was like plain sort of like clean, very like accessible sort of poppy like R&B stuff, but have like a little crunch and like grime on it. So I was using all these like crappy distortion pedals and stuff. Trying to achieve that through this amp and it just like wasn't working. So I just wanted to get an amp that had like Built in. just vintage <laughs> sound. And so yeah. I got I like spontaneously I was like went to guitar center probably to get like a quarter inch and walked <laughs> out with like this slash signature edition dark terror. So like most people know the tiny terror, the dark terror is just yeah. like even more intense. The like gain ceiling is just like three times as high. <laughs> it's really intense. And so I had that head and no cab and so I was but I wanted like old speakers and then eventually I went to trade up one time and I was just like hey like do you guys ever get orange amps and this chick who was working there was like I'm not really supposed to tell you this but like we're gonna be getting this like cab in there probably in like 30 days so I went there every day, pretty much, or like every two days, just being like, "Do you have it yet? Do you have it yet?" And finally, I just rolled up the day they got it on the floor and just like walked out with it. I had gone to this so like sick. gearhead guy up in North Portland and asked him a bunch of questions and just like kicked it with him in his basement for like three hours, and he taught me a bunch of stuff about like what I need to look for, like whether to tell if they're like Fane speakers or Celestians, and like make sure I open up the back before I bought it, all that stuff. So I got, like, a 76 orange cab with all original speakers. Greenback Celestians? And it just, yeah, and nice. it just sounds sick. Ah, it does,
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> that's just, that makes me so It's in well my bass, but
0: I play it all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so alongside that rig, Sean, what do you have for your bass?
0: Uh, I am the king of borrowed equipment, am <laughs> not going to lie. <laughs> um, I have had so many problems with, like, I literally, we were playing a show one time and my bass, like, broke mid show and I had to like <laughs> luckily some a buddy let me just use theirs and like I'm using a friend's bass currently actually shout out Ray <laughs> thank you Ray uh, <laughs> Ray Engel thank you. you very much <laughs> but actually one piece of equipment that I would I always I have a pedal that like whatever I'm using it's a bass synth wah pedal and it's got that real like got like Bootsy Collins kind of like and flea all like the just that like wah-wah kind of fla- like funky sound. I like slides. that. I use that on everything. What's but. your
1: dream bass? Like if you could tour with, would it be Fender P bass or?
0: Uh I mean, I do. I like Fenders a lot. Definitely, I'm using one right now, actually. So uh,
1: yeah, yeah, fit your sound well. Thank That's you. Really <laughs> And you've got a drum kit from when you were a yeah, kid still, right? Yeah, it's true. Same kit.
2: Perfect. I mean, I've added stuff to it for a while. I used to, for the longest time, like I said, Ginger Baker was my number one influence on drums probably. So I was when, when we were doing jams, I would just, I would have the biggest drum set you could imagine <laughs> with all of the gear that I could acquire, and I'd just use all of it, every song. And then when Mary approached me, I was like, "I need to dial it back a little bit." Pain to move around. So yeah, yeah it was a too.
4: huge pain to bring to shows. Sure. So when I, I met Jamie, he just had like a million toys on his rack, like a bongo and then eventually, like we got him to do rolls. Yeah. I can do some pretty fat rolls on that thing, though. So Every <laughs> fill has wood block and tambourine in it. Yeah, that's
2: yeah, <laughs> true. And it was really cool, but it's fine. So I've, I've uh, subtracted a lot of gear, and I'm just trying to be more of like a minimalist on the drum set, just keeping the beat. Hip hop. Hip hop style, yeah. yeah. And I added a tambourine in place of one of my tops. So I just have like a rack tom, a floor tom, is Tom Wise, and two cymbals usually. And my signature move. So I put a bed sheet over everything, including the snare. I'm real muted. Trying to sound like Ringo Starr in I the like studio that. And nice. Just
1: do 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 do. Nice. Now it hugs you in yeah. the audience as so
3: I, I try to keep
1: it pretty, pretty simple nowadays. We had someone on the talk board say, uh, talk more about the quarter inch. Jim am sure Murray was just going in to get a guitar cable. It was a quarter inch. Oh. No fun story about that,
4: I'm sure. No, I just meant I was probably going to Guitar Center since we always end up having really I bad got, cables. I got actually
0: with one of my like borrowing sessions of getting a lot of gear. I like got a bunch of cables for free, just like a big pile of tangled cables and I still use them all the time, but that that being said, it's like you know, a lot of them are broken. Never so know <laughs> you never know which you one's going to work. Them. You can trust them. to always
1: have a backup <laughs> yeah. uh, quarter inch round. I am glad uh, the talk board lit up these uh these it is there for your enjoyment. Uh we're in the second hour so we're going to be listening to live performances and original music from Maxwell Cabana. Hit us up on the talk board say hello um if you're driving around portland thank you so much for listening on 99.1 fm but you can see the talk board on your mobile device on the prp app or on prp.fm uh getting back to the pdx spotlight playlist this is another wish list band from town i want to see my special guest maxwell cabana share the stage with uh they'll be on my show in a couple weeks ian in the group this is onion the man with soul sensation
10: Inside, because i hadn't heard that voice in such a long.
1: They told me to come in like that. Yes.
0: Hi, baby. Hi.
1: <laughs> that was Hi by Jay Dilla, uh, clearly an influence of Jamie. So let's talk yeah. about the Dilla drops. that.
2: Hey. Uh, <laughs> OK, for sure. It's all about <laughs> silence. And especially on the, all right, when you hear me play, if you ever come out and see us live, and please do, you're going to notice me do, doing a lot of pauses. And I learned these pauses from, from Jay Dilla, I would say. And yeah, they're really important to just add silence to your songs, or at least I feel that way, because it just, like, Makes you stop, and Rather then you enough, come yeah. back with. It, ma- it makes your head bob extra hard, is the way to describe it.
1: I don't know. It just gets your head rocking. Yeah, it's like that. Uh, it's a little bit of weightlessness in the room, mm-hmm. yeah. and you guys catch us. Yeah, I did. It's it's smart. I don't think. I mean, there's so many bands that can regurgitate their own productions and dissect songs, but it's always it comes back to the little things that are mindful that serve. The track. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about your songwriting process. How does that usually work? Where's the catalyst? And uh, about how long does it usually take before songs start taking shape in the practice
4: hut um, or
1: basement? I don't know yeah. where you jam.
4: Yeah, it's definitely a practice basement. basement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say the songwriting process. We sort of hit rhythms at different points, but like as a general thing, like usually, I'll come to the group with you know, like, a handful of chords or, like, some, like, section of a song. Like, I'll have, you know, just, like, four chords or six chords or whatever and, like, a tempo that sort of sets the mood a little bit. And then I just, we'd sort of, like, jam it out. And so, I mean, yeah, sometimes, like, I'll be like, yo, I think I just wrote an awesome song. And then we'll just sort of, like, I'll just teach all three, four, five, six, whatever parts... All at once, and then we'll sort of figure it out. But a lot of times it's more just like we'll get to one, we'll like get to the end of a section, and then I'll be like, What should we do here? And then like (laughs) Sean will write like a, or like I'll have two sections that like sound really awesome, but we're missing the link. And so Sean will write something that goes between them, or like Jamie will do some drum groove that makes the song totally different. Like sometimes it'll seem like it's gonna be a slow song. And then, and then, then he'll, up, Dilla, he'll do, like, a Dilla drop. Exactly. exactly. <laughs>
0: no, I'd say all, most of the time. I mean, I, Jamie's, Jamie's definitely the leader, and, like, I think this would be better with, you know, like, changing the meter of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's like, cool. Like,
2: Yeah, no, the, Murray will come to the table with his chords, basically, and then we'll just jam it out. For a while to actually get the feel. Yeah and then from there it's like, well, Sean's doing this and Mary'll just like change into something and we'll be like, Well that that'll work as <laughs> the next part. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's all change yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah. And it's just kinda like and then we'll jam it back and we'll this is trial and error. We usually Get one
0: done it's though. It's pretty quick. In like yeah, a, like it,
4: lately, honestly, especially, we've been it's writing been like songs pretty fast. in like one or two, like a
0: day. It's like a yeah. Come down with an idea, finish it, record that it on night. your yeah. phone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, tons of phone recordings. That fast, remember. <laughs> till, so you do remember the next yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah. any
1: it's serious it's songwriter awesome. should have that. Like back in the day, I bought a handheld, you know, cassette recorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah you know, walk around and, and digesting thoughts, whether they're thoughts or melody ideas or, or things like that. I mean, it, it's so important because when it comes down to something that your, you know, inspiration hits, you can't always scramble
4: and try so to remember many times it. times yeah. yeah. I've, like,
0: come up with something cool and didn't record it and then can't remember it when I go back for it. <laughs> like.
4: And that's, a, that's actually probably, more recently, like, that's how songs have been getting written. It's been us just, like, hanging out and, like, jamming and we'll do some cool thing that we'll catch on the phone. Yeah. And then like I'll be at home listening to this like random little thing we were jamming on, like over and over and over. And then we'll come back and be like, remember that thing we were jamming on the other day? Like that's that's how a lot of songs are sort now of Now it's a long, song yeah. <laughs> yeah. now. Pretty we gotta much. name it. Yeah. For yeah. now. Uh,
1: <laughs> that's right. And and that also comes down to as as you're looking at it uh, references, I think good songs come down to storytelling and construction um the next artist on the list we've been raving about behind the scenes uh Donny Hathaway uh, Murray said is like how did you say it's like your number one
4: yeah i mean i just yeah he's the best vocalist man he just he he grabs me like nothing nothing else in the world like there's just something in his like spirit that just completely Changes what's happening in my body every time I hear it, and I can't stop listening to it. And like I've been listening to him since I found him. He just like immediately became my number one, and it's never wavered.
1: We're gonna be playing uh, "Little Ghetto Boy"
4: from his live. What year do you recall the live? It's was... I think '74. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's '74. Um, and yeah, this song also is just like mad inspiration as far as bass. He's got Willie Weeks playing bass. He's oh, I didn't know that. He's favorite bass players, yeah. Well, say no more. We've got Donny <laughs> Hathaway
1: here on the Sounds of PDX. I've got Maxwell Cabana in studio. Stick around. Live performances coming up from the band.
11: face responsibility Oh, young.
1: support comes from listeners like you and from vortex music magazine helping the portland music scene tell its own story both in print and online you can find free issues of vortex in stores or read about the local music scene online at vrtxmag.com. It's that time of the week, the Vortex Music Magazine shows of the week. Uh, I've got a couple to highlight Camp Crush and Caleb. Uh, Paul, Sunday, July 16th, they're going to be at the Laurel Thirst. Special show, I just want to give a shout-out to this. It's at a special time, 12 to 2 p.m., because my next show pick after that is the Ronton Sunday Session. They've been doing some killer stuff. The band I mentioned previously, Mother Tapes, uh, just played last Sunday. Uh, But their show, the Showcase, starts at 8.30 p.m. You can see that and much, much more. Go to PRP.FM. I'm going to put the link to those shows and more here on the talk board. Uh, I've got special guest Maxwell Cabana in studio with us. here pretty shortly, we're going to be talking about um, your original music, so uh, I want to dig into some things on on lyrics with you, but first, uh, before we do that, let's talk about Mad Lib, the, the last song that we heard there. It's kind of short and bonkers and fantastic. <laughs> like, What is this group? I would never heard of them before.
2: Mad Lib is just a producer.
1: Okay. Right and
2: on. I originally heard him on a jazz compilation album. He Our did this song. Yeah, my mom turned me on, too, oh, right she's on. always been turning what? me on to Brazilian yeah, music. They like yeah. really good music. Uh, Thank you, Mom, by the way. But, yeah, so she turned me on to Mad Lib, and he just did, like, a jazz remix of this song called Young Warrior, and the drum line on it, the drum beat, was blew my mind. So then I had to look into Mad Lib, and he's probably my favorite producer of all time because he just samples everything, and he Tons- loves world music, yeah, and he like just goes awesome around, he travels around the world, digging through crates, travels through the world, <laughs> digging through the crates <laughs> and the B- getting the samples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. B-Conductor,
1: shouts out, my favorite. That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> That's really rad. Are you guys had you guys worked with a producer yet on any of your tracks that we'll be playing? Yes. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
4: Shout out to Nick Pimentel.
0: Yes. He recorded <laughs> all of us and was actually a really big like the one one of the songs we're playing, OG Murr, he like helped us kind of like it, it totally changed from yeah, what he we brought it. in like he was part of in the best way yeah he was like a fourth
4: member of the band for that project
1: so how do you balance that with your art when do you know when to let go and start trusting somebody with your with your music Uh,
4: he just I mean he just has a good vibe and a great ear and like I had I met him because I was playing bass with another band and we went to record their record at the studio and he was the engineer for that so just during the sessions for that band that I was just like kind of sitting in playing bass for him Uh, I met him and started showing him some of my other stuff my own music um, and yeah, he's just, he's got a great ear. you just know when you Super meet someone and start sharing music yeah. that they're not going to step on your toes and they're just there to serve the album. So
1: that, and that's, I mean, that's, a, again, that's a vibe that you have to, you have to be able to trust those people cause you're never going to have this shot again.
4: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: I'd say it's always good to have, especially people out of the band Absolutely. tell you what, what mm-hmm. they think of what you're doing. Cause I mean, they could be completely right and it could be a great idea and like for O.G. Murray, like Sean was saying, he told us we were playing way too fast and it wasn't going to translate on the record. So we just you, just, you need to slow it down, and it's exactly what we it's did, like and it my turned favorite out great, track, now. Yeah, it was yeah. favorite track that we did because <laughs> of his input. I and mean, he's not, like, a real member of the band, but it's you don't need to be to have a great idea about the music.
1: Well, and it's, it speaks to you guys as artists as well to not be... You know, ego driven, and to be open to things like that, because that's what makes great art. Behind every great record <laughs> was probably just as many people that were in the recording process, behind the scenes, doing things <laughs> to oh, make yeah. it brilliant. Um, speaking of brilliance, let's talk about the meters. Uh, we've got a couple more songs oh, yeah. left uh, that are your influences, and we'll be moving into uh, your original tunes and live performances. So the song "Stormy," why did we select this one? This is a great track.
0: Um, I th- I chose this one because I just I like the. I mean, when we jam, the bass and guitar meters are just, like, the way they match up a lot of times. I've, like... I know I've, like, brought that up when me and Murray have worked on Mm -hmm. stuff, like, let's try to match, and, like, like meter style, try to, like, match up, and, uh... Yeah, this one's kind of somber. I thought it would be nice in the playlist. Yeah, nice sonic
1: (laughs) vibe. Uh, I put it back to back with Nina Simone, who's just uh, another amazing singer-songwriter. We're going to listen to these two songs. Uh, Murray, was Nina Simone your your pick? Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to you about her when we get back from that. Stick around. More with Maxwell Cabana here on Portland Radio Project. (laughs)
8: I'll <laughs> be a ver.
1: Those vocalists, man, they, uh, back in the day, they were just workhorses, right? Studio workhorses. Nina Simone here on Portland Radio Project. Yeah. Talk about that documentary. You guys just, uh, had suggested the... Great Watch. Really sad,
2: but also just... Just a fantastic watch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He said a lot of those don't (laughs) don't end all that well. Unfortunately, art is pain, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk about what brings you all pain in your art. No. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I do want to say, like, let's talk about lyrics. Where are you drawing your lyrics from these days? Because they're captivating. You're a good storyteller, but you also use some cool imagery to kind of keep the listener guessing, I guess.
4: Yeah. I mean, it really varies a lot. Um, sort of depending on what the song calls for, I guess. Like there's some, I do a lot of note-taking in my phone. So a lot of it is just like I'll hear cool, like turns of phrase, just like walking past someone on the street or like, you know, random stuff or like stuff in a movie, stuff in a book. Even if it's just like a cool word, I'll just like grab it and like flip it or something. Um, And so sometimes there's like a specific story I want to talk about. A lot of times though, it is just like jamming and sort of just like saying some stuff that's on my mind and a lot of the lyrics i write i really focus on uh just like the phonetics so a lot of times i'm like when we're all writing a song together like we haven't written the song i don't have any i just i'm going for like a melody and like whether it's going to be an open vowel sound or closed, just like what sort of sounds and like whether it's going to be short words or long words or whatever like all that kind of stuff and then will jam it enough times that I have sort of that idea, you know, I have sort of the thing I keep coming back to, and then I'll just, like, find words that rhythmically fit, you know, I'll go through my phone of, like, a, you know, tons of notes of random things I've written down be like, oh, that kind of matches up there, and then that usually sets the theme for the song, and I write the rest of them based on that.
1: That's cool. Yeah, I'm always interested. I mean, I don't know how, but as a songwriter I work the same way. I mean, there's some folks who just emerge with all these lyrics and they're like oh I'm going to construct music around it I don't think that way because I think I was a musician first yeah but I mean it it plays into it and and your personal I mean you've got to connect with what you're writing and if your process is forced your lyrics are going to be forced
4: yeah well I used to try that I have like 10 compositions but composition notebooks of like just garbage that (laughs) I hope no one will ever see because like yeah I used to totally just force it and I'd be like I want to write this really deep poem and like then lay it on top of this song and it just sucked. (laughs) So no, I think our stuff has a much better vibe when we're all playing together and I'm just going for like melodies and vibes and like catching a vibe with these guys and then having that, then that creates the mood of the song and then it's easier to just be like, well, I know I wrote something that's, In that mood. Super genuine, yeah. Yeah, I was
2: going to say, it's like, we'll jam out a song, and if we come upstairs, and I'm singing whatever Murray... I just sing and I don't know the words I'll just make up some stupid words and sing in his melody Yeah. and if it's a hot melody we're like alright that's a keeper and yeah. then like I'll usually just make up I can never hear what Murray's saying when I'm playing drums so I'll sure. just fill in the pieces with the rhythm and some dumb words <laughs> but yeah there's definitely Murray put some thought into his words for sure yeah I, they're I'm
1: fantastic Goofy. Uh, so let's talk about it we've got the first track here from Maxwell Cabana and we're gonna do something special on the show tonight we're gonna be playing the track Mama It's Your Boy and then the guy we're gonna do a stripped-down version of the song because I think it's such an important thing that a band can adapt, and it also speaks to the caliber of songs. If you can take a song and strip it down to an acoustic piano or guitar, and it holds up, it's a good song. Uh, what was the influence for this track?
4: Um, man, all right, uh, not a super easy song to talk about without getting like a little darker. So um, it's ultimately, it's a very happy song in my mind but I mean essentially the song was written when I was living in Texas um, and I got a call from my mom that um a condition she's had with her health for a long time had sort of developed into something pretty serious that we had sort of hoped for a long time that it wouldn't but sort of knew it could so basically yeah her health is not what we would hope it was like you know it's not it's been super hard the past few years um but so i mean essentially the song was just written after getting that first call from my mom and Mm -hmm. just feeling like you know i don't know i was like screwing around i like wasn't really making all the best moves in my life i was like just felt like i was doing stupid stuff and like not making the safest choices or whatever (laughs) as a mom might put it and uh (laughs) the song was essentially written like to my mother, you know on the off chance, like you know shout out to my mom, like we hope her health just keeps getting better if possible, but you know, in the event that that doesn't happen i it was a song for her to let her know if you know if her time comes sooner than i'd like like she she 's got me covered, and i learn I've have learned the things she wanted me to learn, and like i'll be good.
1: Hmm. That's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that. Art, True art isn't easy to share, and the best art comes from the darkest times I've heard. So uh, shout out for you for writing this and uh, brave enough for sharing it with the world. I'm glad you did. It's a killer song. I didn't know the story before. I like the song even more now. Uh, stick around. We've got some live performances from Maxwell Cabana. This is their track, Mama, It's Your Boy. That is Mama, in me, as I come in talking over the beautiful, sweet end of Mama, It's My Boy by Maxwell Cabana. Sorry about that, <laughs> gentlemen. Sorry. So excited to get to our no live words. performance here.
4: That might have been it.
2: We are too.
1: <laughs> That's cool. I, I love that. Uh, I'm glad you captured some B-roll in the studio. I think more bands should be doing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that was the studio version of Mama, It's Your Boy. Now we're going to have the stripped down in-studio live performance here at PRP. Um, so let's talk about the aspect of being able to do this as a band. I think it's really important, you know, to be able to – like. this is a perfect example, right? Our studio isn't set up to do a multi-track live band thing. Uh-huh. You guys got back to me. You're like, all right, we'll do a stripped down thing. Um is it challenging to spend so much time with the recordings of these songs and then change them?
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it's fun. (laughs) Certain songs work better. I think this one's going to work well. Yeah.
4: Yeah, Yeah, that too. This is like our first time playing anything acoustically together. Oh, right on, right on. It's the very
2: first world premiere. Maxwell (laughs) Cabana
1: unplugged. Well, right on. I will will give you guys the airwaves then. This is Maxwell Cabana here live on Portland Radio Project.
2: Alright. One, two, Three and one, two, three. three, three
12: Stop saying one day when I saw things my brother's way. He said, Don't look back right now. My father told me you treat her better, boy. You won't regret that, no sign, no sign, no son. I sure shall. Don't see one anywhere She may not have too much time So I'll try the best I can To show her I'm a better man Mama, please don't cry no more No more Trust in me.
1: There it is. Maxwell Cabana live here on Portland Radio Project. Wow, what a killer performance, guys. Uh, stellar job, stellar job. I'm going to let you rest your voice and your fingers. Let's play another recording here from uh, Maxwell Cabana. Uh, this is a track you can get off of their band camp. And if you go to PRP.FM, I'll put the link in the talk board. Go check out their tunes. We're going to be playing a couple more and a live, unheard performance. Brand new song from the band coming up. You're enjoying original music from my special guest, Maxwell Cabana. That was Be Safe, killer track. We've got one more here, OG Murr, uh, special guest on the uh, talk board, Carol Maxwell, serendipitously. Uh, said, great show tonight. Really love their sound. Thanks so much for listening, Carol. Love you to death. So here we go. This is OG Murr from Maxwell Cabana. Stick around. OG Murr from Maxwell Cabana. They're my special guests tonight. I just I've more than enjoyed my time with you all. That's oh. uh
3: Thank you so Unfortunately,
1: the, the end of the show, but yeah, gosh, you guys time. have been great to hang out with for sure. Uh, <laughs> thanks for sharing the stories and the silliness and even all the good stuff that m- didn't make it to air. Just know we had a great time. Uh, so we've got a special treat. These guys have an unreleased song that has, uh, have, you, have you played it out yet? It's
4: mm, brand new. Like what We played it at, in St. John's the other
1: day. Right on. That's
4: about
2: it. Yeah. We've so f- never played it acoustically.
1: Yeah. Ooh, even uh, so Double Jeopardy. That's, yeah. that's really rad. So this song is called Color Wheel. Uh, what uh, inspired this track?
4: Um, this was sort of one of those ones where I just sort of caught a vibe while we were jamming and just started saying stuff that fit with it and then had to sort of write to it. But I wanted to write about specifically the color green and encapsulate that the vibe I get from the color green.
1: I dig it. I'm with you there. Uh, right on. This is uh, Color Wheel from
4: Maxwell Cabana
1: Live here on Portland Radio Project. Uh, one, two, one.
12: to come.
1: brand new stuff. What a great song you guys. Thanks. That's Maxwell Cabana live here on Portland Radio Project with Color Wheel. Uh, again, can't thank you enough for being on the show tonight. Uh, before I let you go off into the evening, any goodbyes or shout outs you would like to give?
4: Uh, well, I mean, thank you so much for having us, man. Yeah, it's been super, blast. super fun. <laughs> um, shout out to Dan Cable for putting on that show that you happen to show up yeah. to. That was awesome. For real. Definitely. Shout out Callie Kragic and the Eastburn we really yeah. appreciate all of them. They always just give us a great time. They like it's like our
0: favorite spot to play, definitely.
1: Yeah, great venue. <laughs> yeah. Good
4: folks. Yeah. What's well, yeah, what we do? Yeah. Thanks so much. This has been rad.
2: Uh, also, wait, all of our friends watching at home, you know who you are. Thanks for listening, and our parents, of course. <laughs> yep. We love you guys. Thanks for supporting us because you guys, friends and family, are who really support us and like who drive Definitely. us and do
4: yeah, much
1: love thank you guys well we're going to get the uh, podcast out of this here shortly we'll have uh, some contacts and connections for social media upcoming shows and of course where to find your music right now you can go to PRP.FM if you go to the talk board the band camp link for Maxwell Cabana is right there live and central again uh, you can join me every Tuesday night from 7 to 9 for Sounds of PDX here on Portland Radio Project I'm your host Luke Neal reminding you to discover and support local music have a great night